Welcome back to the show, y'all. Your ultimate playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Damon. I'm Brandon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. So if you haven't listened to our podcast, um, this is side A of the show. This is where we pick our favorite song based on a theme. Everybody chooses their song based on that theme, and then we discuss. And side B of the show is where we pick our favorite album. One of us is the host, which is me today. And we go over that album, pick our favorite songs from it, and talk about it. So today we are talking about... Something that I thought would be kind of interesting because it's not very common for an artist that's not a rapper to sing a song that has a rap in it or uh, to rap, really. I don't know if it's um, just because that's not typical of like a rock artist to do that. There's a lot of collaborations out there, but I think they're kind of unique. So that's that that's that's what I had everybody listen to uh, for today's episode. And what I did was I went to my 90s, uh, I guess, record album uh, collection or my CDs. And I've seen these guys live, I think. I think once at something called the Horde Festival. This is a long time ago. This is like early mid nineties. And, um, so Blue Traveler was the band I picked. Uh, they're not a rap group. <laughs> and I don't think a rap necessarily has to be something that sounds like what you typically think rap would be, but it's a stylistic way of singing. Um, there's definitely, there's definitely, a, there's a talent to it. I, I couldn't do it. No matter what it is, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. I, I just can't do it. Uh, but they, they have a song called Hook. And there's a lot of heavy harmonica in Blues Traveler's music, um, which I think is awesome. Uh, but yeah, so they, they just, they, they kick ass, uh, this song in particular, it's like towards the end, the middle to the end of the song, he starts, he starts going into, uh, just a long, like nonstop. I don't think he takes a breath, you know, for like a minute. And, uh, then he starts playing harmonica right away. So I don't, I don't know how the fuck he does it, but, uh, yeah. So hook was my pick. I was kind of blown away by that a little bit, but um, what do y'all think? What do y'all think about that? The concept of artists uh, that aren't rappers singing music that has a rap in it or that's a rap song. Um, so I'll chime in. I, I I think that genre was short lived <laughs> in a in a way because I I think I think a lot more nowadays. Like you'll have more guest star, like actual rappers rapping. Um, there's still a few people that will try and do it on their own, but I, I think you know the the subject is very like narrow in time. Like either it, it's people doing a legit rap song or it's them. You know, I think nowadays, like I said, they, they have a guest artist. But Hook, I I, lo- I love the song Hook. Um, that that was a, a really good pick. You know, had the harmonica, of course, got me with that. Um, the the rap at the at the two thirds part that you're talking about is I I think it comes in okay it's it's interesting because I guess what I'm trying I was somebody once told me and I and I'm not sure that I brought it up on the on the podcast here but somebody once told me that like 
um, you know, and I always get it confused, but like the difference between hip hop and rap is like one of them is about social issues and the others is about, uh, you know, getting the money and, 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 uh, and women and stuff, you know, there's a difference between if one's about social issues and one's about women and money, but I'm not sure if there was. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, but either way, it, I, I get what you were going for, uh, you know, with the uh, lyrically, you know, presenting the lyrics in a certain style that is more uh, fast paced rhythm based. Uh, so, but yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think you, yeah, I mean, I see where you're going with that. But yeah. I think that you could easily say that a rap isn't based always on depending on who's singing or what the song is not always going to be based on the same type of thing so rap in general like the rap genre of music is its own thing there's there's you know it it has origins there's there's groups that created rap and they're they're famous for it and there's new bands now that are they're following those bands and it's based on a culture and there's a lot to it and i respect it um that's part of the reason why i wanted to kind of point out like oh what artists are, are rapping or or drawing from that that don't rap and i mean it even you know it crosses over a little bit but like john popper with blues traveler he's he, i bet you he could rap his ass off but that's his his thing's blues you know yeah. blues rock i mean i don't even know if he's like a real deep blues artist but i mean i i i respect him a lot for you know for all that the band is you know just yeah. what i grew up with in the 90s and you know it's kind of like the first of, they're the first of their kind. I think a lot of bands formed like Blues Traveler after them. And I think mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, that album and just, you know, everything that goes with Hook, you know, it's just awesome. Run Around was one of their one of their big songs. But, I mean, yeah, he, John Popper, uh, you know, props to him because, I mean, holy shit. So, so I will uh, – I'll chime in here. Um, as far as the song itself, the song's all right. Um, I mean, Blues Traveler, they were definitely everywhere in the 90s, uh, at least for a, a little while. Um, definitely oversaturated the market, overplayed that stuff. Um, you know, it was, it was fun to revisit, but you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go back and, and listen to more Blues Traveler because, you know, I'm good. I'm good with where, where it is in, uh, you know, in, in my brain. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was when it came out, but I just, it's not really something I, I find myself wanting to return to. Um, but I appreciate the, the, uh, the, the musicians and what have you. So standalone as a song, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, but my definition of rap to me, he's not rapping on this song. I don't think that's rapping. I think it's just singing really fast. Um, that, that's my, my, uh, opinion. Um, it, it just doesn't define what I think rap is. It, so I, it, to me, it's not, a, it's not, it's not him rapping. It's just him singing really fast. Uh, but the song itself is all right, but I just don't, I just don't think it fits the parameters of, of, my, again, my definition of rap, but I could be completely wrong. So, and that's kind of the point I was making too is that I don't think there is necessarily. It's not what you would think. My 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 idea of what could be an artist that's not a rapper or a rap artist, and then doing a rap in the song. It's not necessarily based on traditional or like conventional rap. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's it is definitely like it's fast lyrics, rhyming fast. To me, it's it's poetic. Rap is poetic. So that's kind of that's kind of where I kind of connect the dots there. But, I got uh, you. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
for a good part of my life, I was exactly what Brandon was talking about, which is it doesn't fit my my form or thought process of what conventional rap is. And then this group came out of nowhere that literally was rapping and harmonizing everything that they did and came out with an album, East 99, 1999, Eternal. And, and from that point on, it kind of like changed my path on what rap was. And that group was Bone Thugs and Harmony. And listening to them and listening to how they flowed and, and what their rhyme style was and, and how one of the most, what well, I thought was talented individuals, which was Busy Bone, how he harmonized everything he did. And I, sometimes I can say, oh, it's not rap, but it actually was. From his delivery, it was just a different way of delivering it. I say that to say that I took the short part that you were talking about as far as the sped up version of what they were saying. They were singing it, but it was in a sped up form, but it definitely came across within a, like a, a lyrical stance or a poetic stance. So in that aspect alone, I can see where you're, where you're putting that to non-rapper being a rap. And in that situation, if I kept it in that mindset, I'm cool with it um, because that's exactly what it was. I think it was a, a certain part of the song where they literally were you know, trying to get as many words in as they could and, and rhythmically keep it in pace for where the song was. Of course, you had to get past four minutes of harmonica to get to it. <laughs> but, but once you did, and you understood where it was coming from. It was like a it was like a bridge or a big break in the towards the end of it. But once you actually got to it, I was like, okay, I understand it. Plus, you know, um, Blue Travel has been all over the place, and then so um, we've heard every single song that they've ever done, or at least the ones that have been released. We know we know what style of genre the music it is. So definitely, that was a a little bit of a touch outside of their boundary with what they normally do. So I'm cool with it. Nice, yeah. That's uh, good to hear that. I mean, that's 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 definitely where I'm coming from too. With that, I I think it's I think it's definitely like a obscure kind of like it's like off the beaten path rap, but mm -hmm. it's you know it's it's a rap because in my mind they're rhyming. They're obviously music's poetic, but this is this is poetic in that way where I think it falls along the lines of a rap. But yeah, the other part of the song you wouldn't know, <laughs> you wouldn't know where it's going, and that's why I like the song too. Hook is great because it does throw you off a little bit you're like wow how did that happen so i remember listening to this album over and over and over again <laughs> such a great one so taj what you got i was oh, curious to know you're calling, <laughs> that, you're calling did, I, did i throw you off no no that's okay. right i i okay so this subject was a, a little bit um hard for me um I, oh man, I can't. So I was trying to find something that I felt would more legit rap than, than other stuff. Um, you know, and so I was, man, it was hard. So I almost, the, my runner up. So one of them was, I almost picked Ed Sheeran, but Ed Sheeran is a real, he enjoys rap. He has several songs that, that have raps to him. Um, so I didn't go that route because I, I knew that people knew they liked rap. Um, and he, he respected it a lot. So, um, I went for somebody that always sounds like she's on the verge of rapping. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I love her earlier stuff. Um, so this is not necessarily an album that I may cover in the future. So that's why I picked this particular song. Uh, but the artist I picked was, uh, Lily Allen and the song title is, hard out here. Inequality 
or hard is that the right hard hard here with sorry i'll get it right uh that's where yeah, i sure. what was it thought it was hard out here but yeah hard out it's here. hard out here yeah okay yeah so uh just uh you know this one is explicit warnings all around i mean so lily allen um you know she uh, she's the one that that has the uh the the fuck you song you know she also did 5 a.m you know um but uh, this song for sure it, it it fools you at the very beginning and then she just jumps straight into it and i feel that it's her style of singing, but I mean, I think she kind of cut the vocal cords and went more rapping until she went to the singing part. But I may be wrong. I mean, having listened to her other stuff, th- this sounds very much like her cutting loose and going full full tilt into the rap. Um, you know, yes, she does jump in and then sing, but um, her style, like, man, like, <laughs> sass and won't take shit. That's your shirt. I mean, um, and uh, I watched the, the music video to it. And yeah, this is, you know, what's interesting is this is a song that's early on before, you know, some other artists did similar songs like this. And so I, I think this one kind of gets lost in the, the shuffle of, uh, you know, I, I am woman, hear me war type of thing. But like, it's just an amazing song, you know. Um, but I realize both on the rap side and both on some of the lyrical parts, it might be hard for you guys, uh, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, it just, you can't, it's a boss of a song. Like, you can't say it's not a boss of a song. It's just not meant for us. But yeah, that's me. So. So I I know Lily Allen. Um, at least I know like the earlier stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard this one before. Um, okay. And I I watched the music video. That was my first introduction to it. Um, and I enjoyed the music video. I I enjoyed the song for what it was. Uh, you know, I, I, like I, I was it was just fun. The song's fun. Right. Um, and I watched it with with uh, my wife, and and she dug it too. The only thing I will say to me again, this is not what I consider rap. I don't think she's rapping. I think she's pretty close though. I, I, again, it's it's my definition of what rap okay, is. Gotcha. This doesn't constitute as rap. I think she's still singing. Um, I was waiting for her to like bust out some hardcore rhymes, and I just <laughs> felt like you know it was it was you know a pop song. Right. Um, and so I again I don't I don't think this is a rap song, but just. If if I if it just if I get if I just look at the song at face value and not based by the topic, I still like the song. Right. Um, I just don't think it's a rap song. Gotcha. But again, that's how I feel. So 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 let me ask this because this is kind of where I was coming from. Like if you if you think that on this song, like if you look at Bang Bang with Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj, I know Nicki for sure is the one rapping, but is Ariana Grande rapping or is she? <laughs> You're talking to the wrong person. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just oh. saying. You know. <laughs> oh, she's not rapping. She's not rapping. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought I got a good one and I did it. So. Oh. No, well, oh. again, I said I like uh, the song. I just don't think it's a rap song. No, I know. No, I thought. Yeah. You're good, bro. Um. So, yeah, I dig the song. I dig it. I. I I see where you're trying to come with it because she's just basically shit talking right. on the song. And, and there's definitely some sass there. 
I mean, first and foremost, when you said Lily Allen, I got a chub just because I want to thank um, Lily Allen. Um, and, and I know she got with old boy from Stranger Things and they got married. Okay, cool. That's fine. When we're talking about the song itself, though, she always has this I don't give a fuck attitude when it comes to music, even though we know that she gives a fuck and she tries to put out like sentimental type music, but it's all in her own lane. And this was another asset of that lane. Like it was, it was a subset of that lane where it was close enough to where if you wanted to try to put it in the category of what we're talking about, I could see an obscure version of where it would work. But for the most part, I think it's just her delivery. You're probably focused on, right? You're focused on the delivery and her not actually being in a high pitched voice and trying to sing out certain lines. Like this is her like almost talking in a normal voice. So yes, I consider this rap in that aspect of how she's trying to deliver it. Um, would it coincide with, you know, everything else is going on? No. But um I could definitely see why you picked this one because you know that's that's an obscure song and I've I have never heard it. But okay. you know, wouldn't mind hearing it again once or twice. Gotcha. Well oh. I look at her picture. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Right. Do do we do we all agree, I guess, like after this episode where I'm gonna have a different perspective on who who's a rapper and who isn't. <laughs> And I think that like it almost like it like it makes like I said, rap is it's it's a genre. It comes from a generation of of musicians that had certain lifestyles or experiences that they wanted to bring forth in their music. And it's a it's a almost in some ways a specific uh, message in a lot of rap songs that you know it's it's similar in a lot of a lot of rap is similar because it's message a message of your background or your, your experiences. And I think a lot of music can say that it does that. I guess like country, a country artist that was trying to be a rock artist or something like that. Is that easier? Do you all think than it like that transition than it would be for an artist that's a country artist or a rock or progressive rock or, you know, just pop music to, to try to transition to a rap song or, you know, to do one song or a collaboration or to do, to do more music that is rap style. Is that, is that harder? Do you think? Yes. I think so. I'll start it off. I think because it's here's where I've come from. When you look at rock, you have so many different subsets of rock. You know, you've got alternative, you've got metal, you've got heart or heavy metal, you've got death metal, you've got, um, you know, bluegrass, you've got, you know, soul, you've got, um, you know, so many different alternatives. You've got so many different subsets of rock, right? And if somebody crosses a genre over in a situation, you can kind of, you can kind of pinpoint that when it's crossed up. Um, when it comes to rap, while if you're in rap and you, you understand rap for what it is, like it's a subset of hip hop, but outside of that, like the mainstream, you wouldn't know what's drill versus what's vibe versus what's, um, you know, neocentric versus what's whatever, because everything goes under that one banner of rap. When even when you look at different podcasts and or, or different um, um, music streaming services, they always have rap, hip hop, or hip hop slash R and B, or you know, you know R and B slash hip hop. Like they never separate it out and go into the subsets that are inside of rap itself. So when you look at it from that aspect, yeah, it makes it harder to pick out, you know, when somebody's actually rapping or not, because nobody really wants to get put in that category if I'm a rapper. 
versus I'm not a rapper just doing a, a different style of, of, of delivery, you know? And that's why I think it's kind of interesting when we talk about um, rap and song rap, non-rappers that are doing rap songs or doing rap parts in their songs, because right now it's being subjective. Everybody has an idea of what they think a rap is inside of a song and it's all different. And it's actually cool because it expands on what rap would be. And I just wish more people would do that. Gotcha. Nicely said, man. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the top of the day. I'm I'm, I'm done after that. I'll I'll say ditto (laughs) to that. (laughs) Right. But, But yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I thought your pick was pretty good, Taj, but um, I, I do kind of agree. Like, and, you know, this is like, this is all up to your own interpretation at this point, especially based on what we're talking about right now and what Dietrich was explaining. But, um, yeah, it's like, it's hard to say, is it a, is it, is it a rap just because, or a not a rap because I don't think it sounds like a traditional or conventional rap artist or rap song, but mm. it definitely is very pop, poppy. Yeah. But you also have like free flowing lyrics. They're going fast. You know, it's like that's not easy to do. I don't think that would be an easy karaoke song. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of rap is easy either. It's not. It's not easy. And that's one of the things. That's one of the misconceptions of rap, I think, with some music fans that don't traditionally or normally listen to rap. They kind of dismiss it right away. Like, oh, well, what are they talking about? Like, did they mention like, you know, like uh, Pootie Tane or something in the song? And now it's like they're they're total assholes. Like there might be something else in that song they're talking about. Or maybe it's just that. But, you know, that every genre has the talk of sex and everything, you know, that's in uh, violence and life experiences. And uh, but, yeah, I think it's not easy. <laughs> I definitely couldn't do it. So, uh, yeah, prop, props to Lily. You know, that's not easy. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a good song. I, th- I think it's it's like a hard pick to say, is that a rap? But um yeah, I like no, it. But, yeah, and I'm not going to say it's not. So, <laughs> but who, what do I know? <laughs> so, but, okay. So, who's next? Uh, what you got, Brandon? So it was tough for me to pick a, a song. Um, I yeah. wanted to try to have like a, a deep cut, but I couldn't do it. Um, at least not like I wanted it to be something I was familiar with, not something just because I picked it for the episode. I almost did that. Uh, and then I almost did one just for, I don't know, for fun. And I'm, but I knew in my heart that I wouldn't consider it rap. It was more spoken word. And I'm like, no, don't do it. So I didn't. Um, so the song I chose was Rapture by Blondie. Uh, the song came out in 1980. It was on their fifth studio album called Auto American. Uh, it was released as a single in January 1981. It stayed uh, as number one for two weeks. It was the first number one single to to feature rap vocals. Um, the song was created from their their uh, their their association and friendship with hip hop artists in the late 70s in New York. Um, they had gone to a rap event in 1978 with, uh, what, what was his name? Fab, Fab Five Freddy, right? And then they went to multiple other events. And then Debbie Harry and Chris Stein uh, decided that they wanted to write a rap song. And so they combined disco and new wave and rap into the song Rapture. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, the, the rest is history. Like I, like I was saying, it was the first number one single to, to feature, you know, rap vocals. Uh, I've always liked the song, you know, it's very unique, very different. Um, you know, and this was, I think, you know, the first major representation for mainstream America, you know, because they saw the music video in, in the, uh, in 1981 at the end of January on a, on a televised show. And it was on, on MTV on constant rotation as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I picked the song because I like the song, but also because, you know, it's, it's historical, uh, you know, relevance and influence. Um, so yeah, that was my choice. Nice. Yeah. I think I almost went with that song for a different episode. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I can respect that a lot, man. I like Blondie. Um, I saw Debbie Harry play uh, one time, and it was just, yeah, she's she's phenomenal. And I, I think that what this song actually ties into, like, the beat of rap, too, a little bit. I mean, you have, like, it's a collaboration, so it's and it's meant to kind of represent the, you know, I guess the... The two genres coming together, um, but that's that was a really weird time in music, but also a really awesome time too. And uh, you know how I feel about most disco, but uh, I like how I like how they incorporated rap into that. Yeah, very cool. Bad Bad Five Freddy with with uh, Debbie Harry is pretty awesome. So and good pick, man. And it uh, yeah it makes sense because it's kind of like a lot of your picks. I think a lot of the music that you respect that we've talked about is kind of around the seventies and eighties era. So that's that's really cool too. Nice. Um, okay. I guess uh, I'll go. Um, yeah. It, it, excellent song. Um, heard it before. I, okay. So I had heard the song before for some reason. It, it, it uh, I thought for some reason it was like, um, a comedy song. Cause, um, cause I don't know why, like the lyrics part, you know, for some reason remind me of something that like, uh, Dr. Demento would play. Um, so, and, and maybe I'm thinking, cause I know there's another song about aliens smoking cigarettes, but I'm trying to remember which song that one is. <laughs> but anyways, is, you know, I listened to this one and you're like, okay, this is, well, no, cause this one has the cigarettes part. See, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, this song okay. for some reason always reminds <laughs> me of some other song. <laughs> I can't remember why. Maybe it just because it stands out so much, and you're like, it should be two different songs. But yeah, no, um, yeah, but good pick. Um, more hip hop than than rap, but yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> well, the, no, I mean, the, the no, actual story of the song. That? Yeah, the story of the song though is that it's rap, and that's like the collaboration yeah. of a rap artist, rap music with like that pop kind of like rock culture and in like New York and that time, so, like like Brandon was saying. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Yeah, it was it was a generational switch that was going on between that time frame, uh, mainly because the first like publicized rap song was Sugar Hill Gang Rapper's Delight. That was was 79 going into 80 and then you have Londy coming out with Rapture going 80-81 around that time frame and and it's it's a transitional part of music where we're kind of getting away from disco, right? And we're looking for other forms of music in order to latch onto. And, you know, she definitely brought the essence of what New York was going through at that time because they were also going through a transitional phase itself, right? Um, so 
I, I definitely think this is one of the best representations of this topic of what we're talking about because nobody expected, you know, a blonde white girl to start rapping on the song and come up and, and go into the list, actually show him in the video, which then later became you on TV raps and then, then turned out to be a, a whole other situation within itself. That's what kind of blew rap up for the mainstream, so to speak. So for the fact that, you know, it was it was showing that kind of gritty side, but not not the point to turn people away. And it's definitely a club banker. You can put that on right now and people are going to be dancing their asses off to it. So, you know, it's definitely stood up to the test of time. She definitely played a large part in getting people to listen into rap within itself. And of course, other songs came out behind that, you know, the message and, and things of that nature. But really, it was the, the party atmosphere of the track, the, the, the atmospheric flow of her voice and then going into the actual rap version of her, her lyrics and what she was saying that kind of like transcended a lot of different spaces that normally weren't being taken up. Like you wouldn't have rap and disco in the same spot, essentially. You know what I'm saying? You would have to basically work out the break beats. Disco would be disco and play everything out for 18 minutes. But the fact that she was able to combine those, bring them together and make it popish at the same time. I mean, that's an iconic song, bro. Great pick. Cool. Yeah, nice. I like it. Uh, well, Dietrich, uh, what was your what was your idea of a rap song by an artist that wasn't a rapper? Do I have to? I mean, you don't. But then, you know, then we just have to say goodnight. So <laughs> we're gonna pick up the needle, but no, man. Um, I lost the needle. Oh, Where is it? <laughs> yeah, I took a literal approach to the situation. There were a bunch of songs that came through my mind. One we had actually had already done because I knew the individual was an artist. Um, one other person that came to my mind was Bobby Brown because he used to rap in his songs when he was singing, but he always rapped the same verse two or three times. So you, I really couldn't consider him a rapper, but at the same time, he did like four or five tracks that way. So I was like, okay, he's kind of being consistent with it. So I can't really bring him into the fold. Then I was thinking my, my other pick that I was going to come up with was Gwen Stefani, Hollaback Girl, which was, I think, like a, a newer version of the Blondie situation because she she was actually like coming across and a little bit of rap in that and uh, how she was delivering it and in her delivery. But I really didn't want to hear that song because it's on my fucking nerves. So I, I took that off and didn't want to put it in the playlist. So I wound up coming from a completely different angle and and going with this particular song. Uh, this song came out in 1998. It hit uh, top 35 on the chart um, and then number four on the R&B chart. It was by a singer by the name of Brian McKnight. And the song is, is, is called Hold Me. And this is actually the remix that is out. This is, I put, I picked this one for twofold reasons. First one is, um, the producer of the track that actually made the remix. His name is Tone from Trackmasters. Trackmasters made a bunch of, um, R. Kelly hits, B2K, all that kind of stuff, right? But he's mainly a producer. So the fact that he was out here rapping and he's actually the one that's rapping on that, uh, I want to say it was some pepper shoot song. Um, so he tried to make like a little, little bit of a deal out of it. But in actuality, like he's known for his production, like tell him don't rap, just, just produce. But when it came to the actual flip part or flip side of it, it's uh, artists, but not in the way we think of music is artists in the way of we think of sports. And I thought of Kobe Bryant because that was his debut as far as being a rapper. KBC. 
Cocaine, gloves, a sword, slicing, chili through my body, burn so sweet. Blood boils when you speak, it makes me weak, but I refuse to weep. Quote unquote, rapping on this song. And uh, he actually wanted to pursue being a rapper and, and, and everything, and, but then got clowned so hard back then for the verse that he came out with that every kind of like sidelined any idea of starting up a music career, so to speak. So I took it from the back of a non rapper coming in rapping and seeing how that was, you know, it's going to come across to the masses. And he, he took a very poetic approach to the rap. Um, he, he took a, a very different style of delivery, um, you know, trying trying to do a lot within the rap itself. And, you know, it was it was it was surprising um, during the time when he did it. He was getting clowned like crazy. But, you know, looking back on it now, or after he called me one of the greatest, um, he was actually, you know, it was kind of poetic. It was it was kind of sly for what he was saying and how he was saying it. His delivery could have done a hell of a lot better. But, um, you know, that's what happens when you're not a real rapper trying to rap on a song. So that's my pick. What do y'all think about that? So the the producer guy, is he the one that does the opening rap then? Yes. On the, okay. the one that does the opening rap. <laughs> and even when you listen to him rap, you're kind of like, okay, you're a rapper. Yeah. Right. Right. We, we, so what gets me about that is like, because I, I, I had to watch the video because I couldn't find it anywhere else. So, you know, I watched the video several times. Like, you know, he gets his full thing, right? And then Brian comes in afterwards, right? But when Kobe comes in, like, Brian steps on Kobe. Like, Brian's like, uh, you done. You done. And, I'm gonna, gonna, and he just sings on top of him. You're like, damn. And then meanwhile, I'm watching the videos like, is this Brian McKnight playing basketball? Like, the whole, like, you have Kobe in the video. Like, what, what the heck? Bro, you don't Kobe play ball at all? Like, what the heck? Shocker, because <laughs> flat out, first of all, this is Brian McKnight's quote-unquote first fast song. He's known as a ballet kind of guy. He's known as a crooner type singer. So the fact that he came out with this fast, sped-up song <laughs> for the club and such, it's like, okay. Then he's running around in leather pants and then- <laughs> Riding on the motorcycle, uh, like you know, you clearly know that he's not really riding the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. that's what gets me. He's clearly not riding the motorcycle. She is. Like hers is like actual footage of her on a motorcycle. His is all like the the fake screen rolling on the back. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a stationary bike, and he's just sitting on it while they're running down the road, getting pulled by a truck, and he's like acting like he's so cool on the bike. And I'm just like, oh, this was a hot ass bet. I don't know how the hell we allowed this to carry on the way that it did. But, you know, that's looking back on it now. But even still, it was like, like I said, this is Brian McKnight's first fast song. Everything else had been slow up until this point. Like one, um, you know, uh, if I ever cross your mind, all that stuff was slow. This is his first fast song. And then for it to be his first fast song, you got a producer who shouldn't be rapping on it. And then on top of that, you've got a basketball player who's rapping on it that you never would have thought would have been rapping in the first time. <laughs> And I'm just like, wow! I just so many, so many nuggets in this thing that I can pull out. But I was like, that's that's the best bit, right? <laughs> like I said, I, I took it from a literal stance of a non-rapper rapping. That would have been Kobe. Stick to basketball, which he did. Uh, that famous LeBron line: "Shut up and dribble." Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, shut up and dribble. But Kobe to death, one of the best on the court. Nobody could tease that. But they were teasing the hell out of him when he came out with the song. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they. It seemed like they were just having a lot of fun with the song. It was like a, it was like something they were doing just to be different, and you know, 
it's a it's it's not a bad song uh and it's you know it's a throwback for sure but uh um yeah i could i could see that that's a good that's a good collaboration with a non-rapper <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty hilarious. Cool. Brandon, what's your thing, man? Give me one. Um, I never heard this song as far as I remember. I mean, I definitely know who Brian McKnight was or is. Was? Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Okay. I think I was getting confused with uh, <laughs> someone else. Maybe. Wait, is Brian McKnight still making music? Yes. Well, technically, yes, he's still probably making music. <laughs> The last thing he made that I remember was he was talking about slow stroking somebody. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! He went all the way in, like Perfect. he went to the left, completely outside of what everybody thinking he was gonna do. They thought he was gonna come in crooning. He's like, no, he's talking about fucking you sideways. And okay, so it's like okay, slow stroking. I, it's, it's a name I haven't thought of in a long time, so I wasn't <laughs> sure, you know, if he if he was still with us. Uh, so um, I'm glad to hear that he's still here um anyway uh yeah um the, the song's all right i mean you know the, the problem the problem for me was like the whole song was was kind of ruined because the whole time like where's kobe where's kobe right like i watched the music video and i'm like kobe has to make an appearance I'm like there he is is he gonna start rapping come on rap man and then he rapped and i'm like that's it not just that but he wasn't he barely rapped in, in the song so you know like it would have been cooler if kobe did the introduction and then he did the end or something yeah but uh yeah, or no. Kobe as the beginning rapper, and then come back at the end. But that was that was a shock for it. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. I mean, the song the song's okay. Um, I mean, Kobe, it wasn't like the worst rap I've ever heard. Um, I you could have done without it. Did you could have just been the guy at the beginning. You didn't need <laughs> Kobe to rap, you know. But like, if it helps sell two more singles, then I'm happy for Brian McKnight. Um, but yeah, the song's all right. The music video is very outdated. So outdated. Like, you know, just, yeah, let's, let's just take our, let's, let's open up our tops for no reason. You know, I'm like, why? Why is this happening right now? Oh, it was, it was a different era. I'm like, not that long ago. So, uh, yeah. I don't Got know if I'm wanted. saying I like the song or not. I really don't know. Because all I kept, I, all I kept thinking about is, is Kobe's got to make an appearance. So the rest of the song was maybe I didn't listen to because I'm just waiting for that that Kobe moment. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with Brian McKnight other than uh, he he's an artist. So yeah, what is his like most popular song? Um, okay, so it's probably one uh, steps. Uh, one, two, three. Um, that's probably like one of his biggest songs. But then right after that, it's "Have I Ever Crossed Your Mind." Um, and when when was he most popular? Nineties, uh, mid two thousands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. I think there was like a time in college where I felt like I was not paying too much attention to popular music. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a trip for sure. And 
You know, Kobe didn't record anything solo, right? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Now, now, this is what I will say. I do believe that there is an album out there um, that he actually did try to record like a, a, a LP or an EP and was going to see how it was going to do. But then, like I said, he probably got clowned so much for the song itself just because everybody's having a good time coming out in their jerseys or whatever. You see the FUBU jersey from one of the people and then you turn around and he's in a full down suit. And it's like, <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm having a pool party and shit. What you doing in a suit? <laughs> um, I I cannot confirm nor deny if he actually has an album ready and they just never released it. They shelved it for whatever reason. So yeah. All right. Yeah. But, but, I mean, the main thing is like, why did Brian come out and step on him? Like that. That was the like. <laughs> he didn't need to be stepped on. <laughs> How long had Kobe been in the league when he did this? Oh, wow. Oh, Kobe was already in the league for some year. So, so when was the song released? This is, I think this is, this was released 98. Okay. So he had not have been, he wouldn't have been in, in well, the league that long. No, I was about to say about three, four years is what I want to say. Um, let me go fact check that. But yeah, you wouldn't in the league too long because he's still that <laughs> pro. So he, he, he didn't switch over to the black mama just yet. So I guess Rappy might have been the backup in case the whole basketball thing didn't work out. <laughs> you know, Kobe is very, very, um, very universal. And I say that because, first of all, you know, you grew up in Italy. Um, so, you know, he was already speaking fluent Italian. And on top of that, um, he was, you know, played soccer. So for, for the longest time for his height, he played soccer. Um, you know, he, yeah, it was 96 when he actually was drafted. Um, so yeah. he like his third year going into the league, second or third year. So, um, he was definitely one of those individuals that was kind of unique to begin with. So the fact that him actually stepping out and trying to rap is not too far fetched, but at that time, nobody expected that, like at all. Yeah. Well, and, and Kobe, I mean, Kobe even won an Oscar. Uh, so, yeah. um, yeah, I, I do kind of feel like Brian McKnight probably might regret getting Kobe to sing, not because he or rap, not because it was the worst, but I think it overshadowed that Brian McKnight was also in the song. So, you know, like, a lot of focus on Kobe. Well, Brian kind of needed to be overshadowed because, like I said, you're wearing a fishnet sweater with leather pants. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you can pull it off. You didn't pull it off, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right. I'll, enough about um, Brian McKnight. I'm sorry. Yeah, good. I think my my other pick would have been "Walk This Way" by Aerosmith from DMC collaboration. <laughs> would have been a good pick. Yeah. One one I thought of was uh, Hulk Hogan did a song called Be- "Beach Patrol." <laughs> I was nice, trying yeah. to find that one. <laughs> so. Beach Patrol yeah. by Hulk Hogan. Yeah, the, the, I because I that one had come up in the list of mine, and I couldn't find. That one, but I found the the rap rapping Rodney with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> so that one was not. It was not rap. It was. I don't care how much you put rap in the title. That was not rap. <laughs> I kind of wish you had picked it though. <laughs> so, but yeah. But, Should've, could've yeah. Went. Another one I almost did was uh, Natalie's rap from SNL. Natalie Portman rapped. Oh yeah, actually that's that's a pretty good one. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else we want to add before we flip the record and start playing side B? 
Okay. Well, based on that silence, I'm going to go ahead and flip that record and drop the needle on side B. So, Damon, you had some homework for us for this episode. Did you not? I did, and it, it has absolutely nothing to do with rap. Um, these guys did have a rap song in another album, but it's not the album I picked. And it's also questionable whether it's rap or not, but they think it is. Um <laughs> But uh, anyway, so my my pick is based on a band that, yeah, they're from Canada. And this is a album that I have on CD as well, where the, the case is broke and, you know, listen to it so many times that like, you know, the, the pamphlet that comes inside the CD case. I think that's ripped and stained with coffee, whatever. But uh, um, so the band is Bare Naked Ladies and not the Bare Naked Ladies that you're thinking of. But uh, yeah, that's right. Four, four white guys from Canada. Um, kind of funny. I don't know if they're really a comedy troupe per se, but um, the album I picked is Rock Spectacle. Uh, very good album. This is a live album, by the way. Um, but like seriously done so well, like you can't even tell other than the people cheering in the beginning and the end of some songs that it's, you know, not a studio recording because I, I thought it was done really well. Um, but uh, man, these guys are just nonstop in this album from the, the first song to the last. And, you know, they do a little, they do their version of their comedy routine or whatever. But yeah, these, these guys are great. Um, and yeah, I would say for sure that at one point, this was probably one of my favorite albums to listen to, one of my favorite bands. I think it was probably like some of my friends had the album and then I heard it and I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Uh, but yeah, Rock rock Spectacle, it's definitely, it's up there in, uh, for my 90s style of music. I think that's that's definitely one of my favorites. Now, I'm not rushing out, you know, to get, I wouldn't rush out to get the new latest Barry Nicky Ladies album. I'd be interested in it, but I think it was more of a... For me, it was like because of the times, because because of what I was listening to at the time. Um, yeah, this is one of the one of my favorites, and uh, I like live music, live albums. There's something about it, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, so really, I'm kind of interested in what I'm interested in knowing what y'all thought because we're all kind of the same age, and then I'm also interested in knowing kind of what you guys thought, you know, based on you know the style of music. I mean. I guess you can go both ways with Bare Naked Ladies. I've seen them live, I think, twice. Um, my my favorite song is the first song, Brian Wilson, based on Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. But it's kind of yeah, it's in the Bare Naked Ladies style. So, but uh, yeah, the whole the whole song has a lot of like has slow and fast songs. I think there's like stories behind everything. So it's a little bit of storytelling too. That's that's what I like about the album as well. So, so I'll let you guys rip it up. What, okay, so can you answer a mystery? for me since it's your favorite song is brian wilson a <laughs> member of the beach boys or is yeah. it a song that okay i still i've heard this song tons of times and i've never taken the opportunity what is so, the story with brian wilson i mean i get the song right. and i like so he it. went into a state of depression for a while he was and he was just kind of like on lockdown he and i think it took him a very long time to kind of get back to you know playing music and you know being part of the beach boys but uh they've definitely been back together and played since but that, that was what was going on and so it's like it's a song about like um i guess it's like relating to brian wilson and, and, and what happened to him and maybe how that could happen to anybody really but it's it's yeah it's like a story the whole the whole album is like a storytelling piece but that's okay. that's that's my favorite part about it really 
Okay. Uh, but and they're they're live. This band does the same thing. They're really good with the audience. Um, they're just a really happy bunch. <laughs> and sometimes you need that. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes it's corny. I don't know. But yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in. I was gonna say uh, they come across as a happy bunch until uh-huh. you start looking at the lyrics of songs, and it's like, oh shit, that's what you were talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That you you brought up the depression part. And that, that was like a running theme throughout the most of the album. Um, right. I, I definitely felt the lyrics and what they were saying and how they were saying it. And, you know, the approach was, was very nice and clean. But when you actually got to the nitty gritty of it, it was like, damn, somebody's hurt. Bad relationships all over the place. They're <laughs> actually coming out with it through the album. So the album basically served as therapy within itself, which those kind of albums I love. And I definitely love when when you have a live audience in and everybody's singing all the lyrics along with you as you're going through the songs. That just shows the kind of devotion that you get from your fans and, and the kind of love that you get. So that definitely you know, played a big part in what was going on for the album for me. Um, one of the best songs on the album that I thought, and it had so many different ways you could take the message, was What a Good Boy. That's, yeah, in itself, What a Good Boy was just like, damn. Like, you know, from birth, you've already been cursed with, um, you know, what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Um, whether it be from a boy or a girl standpoint, and you know, it's you could disappoint anybody at any given moment, and you've got all this pressure on top of you before you even take your first breath, which a lot of us have dealt with. You know, we've got people around us that got so many expectations for our lives without us even understanding what our life is about, and it's crazy how it kind of played out in that way, and and some of the wordplay that was going on in there. So some people thought it was about incest, some people thought it was about you know cheating lovers, some people thought it was about depression i was just looking at some of the comments you know going over and looking up the songs themselves and i was just like that's the one song that blew me away like out the water but i was like it has such a deep meaning to it and i i took it as you know depression from the state of being born just from the fact of you have all this over your head and you don't even know how to crawl yet it's crazy so. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I, I, I appreciate your take on that, and that's that's really what I got from it too. There's a lot of there's a lot of serious messages in their songs. Uh, yeah, but also there's a good vibe to it. I think it's it's almost like uh, yeah, shit's fucked up, but you know why not why not look at the bright side <laughs> yeah. if there is one. Hopefully there is one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I could connect to all the songs on this really, but. Yeah. Plus, plus, I, I like how at the end of that song, like it, it does a boy, boy, because it it throws in a female pronoun in there mm-hmm. at the end of that song, which is interesting. You go the whole song, and then you're like, okay, so you're, but yeah. Um, it, so I owned two big, two big, uh, bare naked lady albums. And I know for sure one of them was this. So I know I listened to this one at least a couple times before, uh, cause I had owned this one. I can't remember which was the other one I owned. Um, so, um, my, my favorite, I mean, so I just have to shout out because it's in the top three is if I had a million dollars. Like that one's just like an amazing song. Um, you know, uh, Straw Hat and Old Dirty Hank is up there. But I think having listened to it this time and the one that kind of stands out is The Old Apartment. That one's just like an amazing I love it. song. Yeah. Oh, man. That's my song. Yeah. That's right up there, like number two for sure. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it's, it's like you go into somebody's house and you're like, why did you change things? You're like, 
well, it's like I live here now. What the, what do you want from me? Like this, like, no, this is my old apartment. Like yeah, you exactly. don't live like, here. You? Yeah, you can't come in and just cook dinner in my kitchen and <laughs> right. sleep in my Unless bed. You're cooking me some, then you know I'm not going to complain. But right. so, yeah, I'll <laughs> so but yeah, I totally know that feeling though. Like I've moved out of apartments over and over again when I was younger, and yeah, that is like a weird nostalgia thing. Like you, you just get sad looking at your old place thinking about how things were <laughs> as long as they were good and hopefully things aren't so shitty now that you have to reminisce on the backs back the, the old days you know the old apartment right. apartments suck really but yeah <laughs> yeah and you know for me um i i don't dislike bare naked ladies i don't i don't know how i feel about them i mean i do enjoy some of their songs um you know if i had a million dollars was always a, a fun one i never heard it live before um and uh they they hit it really big i think after this album right like that one week song that was like their yeah. big hit that really pushed them over the edge um but this was before that wasn't it yeah this was before that they they started in 88 this was 91 i want to say uh, I, think it's, I thought it said 96 yeah i thought it was 96 as well yeah okay yeah this is 96 um but yeah, you know, that, that their big hit was after this, but that's yeah. the song with the rap in it as well, I believe. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, like, if you've heard, heard Bare Naked Ladies before, I don't feel like this album's gonna, like, convert you to become a mega fan for Bare Naked Ladies, but I do think it's actually a, a serviceable album. Like, I, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I listened to it a couple times, and both times, like, it was pleasant. Like, it, it didn't, it didn't blow me out of the water, but I did find it pleasant, you know? And, and that's good. Like, it's definitely something you can put on on a Sunday morning and enjoy listening to. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I definitely feel like I enjoyed this album more than I've heard their studio albums. Like, I can see why people like them, you know, especially performing live. Like, I, I can kind of get it more from this album than I've had from any of the, the other ones that I've, I've listened to. Um, so yeah, I mean, over, overall, it wasn't bad. It's uh, one thing I was thinking because I'm not too familiar with bare naked ladies. You know, when people started like singing along or they start applauding because I heard a few chords, I'm like, why are you applauding? I've never heard this before in my life. You know, like, like that shows you like the, 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 the fandom for the band and how they, they knew these songs going in. And, and, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it's, it's, it didn't convert me to become like some big bare naked ladies fan, but I did enjoy the album. Um, and I think I definitely would pr- prefer them live than I did any other time I've, I've listened to their music. Um, and you know, I knew a few of the songs. I'm not sure how I knew them, but I definitely knew a few of them. And if I had to pick one, um, it would actually be Jane. Jane would be my favorite one. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy that. And, you know, I, I, I think they're, they're pretty good lyricists. Like I, I, I like the, the lyrics in their songs and I'm not always one that gravitates toward lyrics. I don't always hear lyrics, but, um, you know, they can, he can definitely belt them out for sure. So, uh, yeah, overall it was, it was a, a pleasant listen. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I genuinely really like that song, Jane. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just know all these songs 
on so well. This is one I just listened to over and over and over again. And it's like one of those CDs that you can listen to forever and ever. And then 10, 15 years go by and you don't listen to one song and then you find that CD sitting there. Or now it'd be, uh, you know, that MP3 or, you know, Pandora file, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's every song in there is great, I think. So you're thinking of, of Stunt, right? The the album Stunt was like a really big one in 98. Yeah. Was that the one with like kind of maybe like a collage art cover? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like kind of like uh, old timey, like yeah. dark art. Like yellow, maybe like a yellow cover. Yeah, and he's wearing like a brown. dunce cap. Yeah, that's that's the one that really made them. They were big here in uh, in the states. I think it was yeah. that album. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the first one was Gordon in ninety ninety two, and that that didn't really. That's like some of their stuff on the live albums from that, I believe. But um, I think uh, anything after that, I didn't really like Maroon. I think was two thousand. I didn't. I didn't really pay attention to the stuff after that. But yeah, like I said, like back in the day, I was a huge fan of them and I saw them in concert more than once. And yeah, I just, I had such a great time listening to the album. Um, just going back to it now, it brings back memories, but it's not just the nostalgia of it. I think it's a really well done album. And like for a live, a live album, it sounds very good, like a studio sound, but it's better than a studio recording i think like you're saying so, i think it just makes it more fun so damon i have a question since you were asking about nostalgia so whenever i would listen to bare naked ladies like i would listen to them and then i'd be like i want something different and i would always switch to like smash mouth astral lounge <laughs> after listening to bare naked ladies um for some reason in my oh, yeah? mind i i, I, <laughs> I compare the two a lot so um but i wasn't sure I mean, was did you put like bare naked ladies over Smash Mouth or were they? Oh, I think that they're okay. So the band Smash Mouth had like then they they did obviously did like uh, a bunch of like stuff for like um, Shrek, right? Right, but they had Astro Lounge and they had two weeks that came out like around the same time that one week came out for bare naked ladies, <laughs> which is another reason why you confuse the right. two. But yeah, <laughs> so. I think they're the same genre. I think if you were to like like. At that time, con- like festivals and stuff were playing. All those bands were going to those festivals. Yeah. So like you'd be seeing them on summer tours together, probably. Right. For sure. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, but uh, that's, I mean, just because of our age, I think that's probably one of the one of the bands that's my go to. Um, but I don't, I know that at the time, not everybody liked them either. Hmm. They're kind of a nerd rock band, you know. Um, but they're not as much so as some other bands that make a lot of references, you know, like like pop culture. They do do the pop culture references, but, right. you know, not as much as some bands do. But, gotcha. yeah, I definitely, definitely liked – I liked Stunt, um, but I think Rock Spectacle is just one of those albums I go back to because I loved it so much. Um, you know, my choice albums and choice tracks aren't always based on what I think <laughs> – what I think should have been cool at that time when I was listening to music in 93 or 95, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think definitely there's a, there's every song has like a story and that's what I love about it, but it okay. is, it does touch on, you know, depression and stuff too. And I think that they're big advocates of uh, mental health awareness as well. So yeah, I like it. I feel like I should mention everybody in the band and I think there was like brothers. It was, uh, 
with Jim Cregan and Andy Cregan, but Andy's not in the band now. So Ed Robertson, Jim Cregan, Tyler Stewart, and Kevin Hearn. Hearn. Um, and one of the other members was Stephen Page. I'm not sure what his deal is. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ed Robertson um, and Tyler Stewart are the two. I think those those are the two that are the big faces of the band. Um, but yeah. yeah, these guys had a good thing going. They still do. They're Canadian. Hey. So. <laughs> I had to go back to Canada too. Right. <laughs> it's been a while since I uh, talked about Canadians. So much respect. Your maple syrup uh, was running out. You need to go back to get that sponsorship. I was probably thinking, wow, where would I want to live other than America? America. America. Let's go get some poutine. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Let's get it. That was, uh, I was so close to Canada growing up. That was like an every diner did. Yeah. Not poutine. Poutine. French fries smothered in gravy and cheese. And it was just, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's boot time to end the show. A boot? But before we do, Taj, uh-huh. do you have yes. homework for us next episode? I do have homework. Um, so, I, okay, this is a choice album mainly based off of the complimation the combination of songs are in it. Um, all the songs I know, but like the album isn't one that like I personally owned or, or listened to, but um, it's the very best of the Everly brothers, 1964. So there's several different ones. This is the 1964 one and it's the very best of the Everly brothers. Um, so I grew up, this is what it's one of those things like, we didn't have an album, but I know every single one of these songs. Like somehow every single one of these songs were played. <laughs> so um, either on mixtapes or the radio or but yeah. So um, but uh, it's for sure it focuses on their their uh, 50s work a lot more of their 50s work than their later work. But yeah. So. All right. Cool. Well, I look forward to listening to some Everly Brothers. And um, before we do. Uh, anything else anybody wants to add or, uh, Taj, do you want to do your thing? <laughs> I'll do my thing. So, all right. So this has been choice tracks. You can, uh, email us at choice tracks at gmail.com. We end with a Z or you can find this at choice tracks, uh, com again with a Z at the end. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm hip hop. (laughs) Hip hop to the hip hop. And if I only had a million dollars. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and pick up that needle. You keep spinning those choice tracks. Wait, I'm hip hop. Why are you hip hop? You're hip hop. I'm a good boy. All right. You're not. Wait. Okay.